The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We know that you want to live an inspired and fulfilling life. Maybe there are a few things that you need to get you there. Welcome to What Matters with your host, Mary Beth Lodge. In today's world of distractions, we can get overwhelmed with day-to-day responsibilities that keep us busy, frustrated, and confused. With an emphasis on the power of the mind and drawing on the fields of personal health, education, neuroscience, business, and spirituality, we'll discuss practical strategies to help you stay focused on your priorities, choices, and results. Now, here is Mary Beth Lodge. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Today is an opportunity for you to make a difference. Can you do that? Can you find a way to make a positive difference in your world today? What about inside of you? Can you make a change within yourself that will carry ripples of positive change into the lives of those around you? Do you know that no matter what the change is that you make, it does reverberate through the lives of the people that you meet, the people whose lives you touch, the people that you encounter, even if it's just briefly. You make a difference. So for this one hour, spend your time really paying attention. Listen, you've created the world you live in. How can you change the things that you want to change? And how do you apply this to you? Not your significant other, your best friend, your child, your parent, or your coworker. Just you. Yeah, I know it's tempting. As you're listening to things, you think, oh, that applies to so-and-so. That applies to fill-in-the-blank. No, that's not what I want you doing. I want you paying attention for you. You can share information. You can direct them to listen to it. But you are the person you are responsible for. And you are the person that can truly make a difference. When you make that change inside of you, other people reflect that change. You are the one that's creating a positive light. And yes, I know you're busy, and I'm busy. We are all busy. But I don't want you distracted by the busy. I want you focused, focused on your goals, focused on what's most important, focused on the people that mean the most to you. Are you spending your energy on things that don't really matter? How do you make the choices to do or spend your time? How do you make a decision that impacts other lives? Do you create sunshine wherever you are? Good morning. Let's make our own sunshine today. What are you grateful for? Yeah, this is a beautiful, crisp morning, and I... I love that. I love that cool morning that on my morning walk just invigorates and wakes me up and gets me ready for the day. And I'm grateful that in this season, we still have wonderful fresh fruits and vegetables from the farmer's markets. I'm having so much fun with all of that. And I'm grateful for the support of my friends and family that are all around the globe. I love that. I love knowing that I can reach out and talk to someone who is continents away. 
that I'm grateful for. And there are little things too. Little things around my house that I look at and I just appreciate so much. A bouquet of flowers that someone brought me. The completion of a project that just transformed the energy in my bedroom. Those are the things I'm grateful for today. What are you grateful for? Now, I do want to remind you before we get into our topic today that we have two events coming up that I really want you to pay attention to. If you are local to the Dayton area, we have a group hypnosis uh, program planned for September 24th. You can find that on the Lasting Lifestyle Change website. And also, I want to remind you again from last week, our topic, the Science and Art of Opening Your Heart Telesummit begins next Monday. You can register for that on the website, um, on the Voice America page, on my website, Lasting Lifestyle Change, or through the Voice America program description for last week. Go to that. It's going to be well worth it. 20 hours of programming, and that's free. All you have to do is sign up. Now, our guest this morning will be talking to us about creating beauty in our lives, and that is so important. Our guest this morning is Mary Faso. She's a master gardener, certified nursery technician, licensed plant procurer, and a recreation specialist. Her love for plants and all things gardening began at the age of three when her parents gave her a plot of ground to plant seeds in. Today, she owns and operates a landscape design business, and her lifelong passion for horticulture is demonstrated in her commitment to the sustainable greening of America. From county and state parks, garden centers, farm production, community gardens, garden programs for troubled youth, design, public speaking, sales, or education, Mary tells the truth attractively, and her designs reflect her deep knowledge of the plant materials that she loves. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Oh, good morning, Mary Beth. I am fabulous. This is one of my favorite seasons, and today has dawned as clear as can be. There is no humidity in our air, and it's just a perfect day for gardening. It it absolutely is. Uh, I want to I want to invite you to start us off with. Um, a story that you shared with me and that I alluded to in your in your bio in your intro about starting gardening at the age of three you know that that seems kind of young <laughs> but perhaps well, there was wisdom there so tell us about that I think there was wisdom there um, both of my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents I come from a lot of, we're gardeners, and they were gardening for for food, they were growing vegetables, they were growing flowers, and so it was passed down to my parents, and I believe that at age three, perhaps I was a bit of a handful in the house, and they moved me to the yard to introduce me to, a, you know, a wider spectrum. Um my dad and mom gave me a small little plot uh, in our backyard in Dayton, Ohio, and they showed me um, that I was going to plant some flowers. We were going to plant flowers, and certainly I knew what flowers were. I had seen the tulips and the peonies blooming in the yard, and I was excited about it. I was ready to go, and they said, no, no, we're first we're going to 
fluff up the dirt, remove the weeds, and make this a beautiful bed for seeds to grow in. Well, I just thought that was the cat's meow, and we did that. They took me to the store. I chose the the seeds that I wanted at age three from the pretty pictures on the packages, and we planted them. And it was my job to care for them. I knew they, my, they had in, introduced to me these were live. They had to have water to live. They had to have food to grow. And they needed sunlight. Well, I learned all that, and it just became a part of my being. By the next year, when I was four years old, <laughs> I asked my mom why there were all these magic flowers growing in our yard. And she, magic. And I said, well, yeah. And I was looking um, at different plants, specifically some peonies, and, you know, that bloom in May, for those of you that don't know. And I wondered how they came up without us planting them. At which point I discovered perennials. And for me, the enchantment of perennials, of a constant color and constant bloom, is is just everything. <laughs> um, my mom took me to New York State, where my grandmother lived. It was the first time we ever took a road trip together. And we went up there and we dug up some of my grandmother's peonies. We brought them back to Dayton, Ohio. We have them at about 20 properties here in Dayton, but they're also in eight states, eight states with relatives and friends all over the country. My grandmother died in 1963, yet her peonies live on. And for me, my joy of, of flowers, I feel they should be treated like fine jewels and they should be passed from one generation to the next. There's really nothing more rewarding than looking out there and seeing your grandmother's face in the flower or seeing your Aunt Laura or your Uncle Peter doing, you know, having a joyful moment in their hosta bed and from hostas that were 50, 60, 70 years old. I'm you know, a flower fanatic. I can tell that, and that that story just makes me smile. You know, I mean, I'm I'm thinking of plants that I have. I have peonies from my mother's garden, certainly, but I have a peony from a dear friend, and I've I've moved that peony probably a couple of times at least because it's moved with me to several houses, but. You know, when I look at that peony, I can still see his beautiful garden. And, you know, he had an urban garden. He he wasn't out where there was lots of land. He had one of those postage stamp yards that, you know, was was bricked in on all sides and was you know he he just he lived in one of one of the neighborhoods here well in in Cincinnati that just didn't have a lot of ground and yet every inch was planted with something beautiful. There was no grass. He never mowed because he had flowers everywhere. And I have one of his Chinese red peonies that I have moved a couple of times. It blooms, and every time, not only do I see him as I look at that plant, but I see his gardens. It's a lovely story. Reminds me when my mother passed away, and a neighbor came and knocked on the door and asked me, 
if she could dig up some of my mom's favorite Japanese iris so she could have a piece of her to keep always. Yes. And, oh, my goodness. I'm I'm a sentimentalist. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mary, what we're really talking about today is um, is gardening, is, you know, this is fall, and it is a season for planting, and yet, you know, I'm not sure that I know what to do. What I typically do in the fall is chop everything down and put it to bed, and... <laughs> I don't I don't think about planting at this time of the year. Now, I have a very unruly garden right now. Um I am supposed to have wildflowers, but I have a, I one of the wildflowers is quite invasive and um because I didn't contain it last fall, simply chopped everything down. This year it's pretty much eaten everything else that's out there. So, where would I start? <laughs> well, fall is a very, very, very exciting time for me. I look at fall as a time to plant, a time to do things in the garden, like your situation, that will make it absolutely astoundingly beautiful in the spring. So for you, you would be digging up by the root the plant material that has invaded areas and removing that. Now, in this day and age, another way to do that instead of actually digging that out is using a little, is using a chemical. And when you're in an area that's very small, it's it's difficult to, to spot use a chemical. And what you can do is put a chemical in a bucket, put your, put a, um, a rubber glove on, and apply it by hand to each of the plants that you want to remove. I'm old school, and that is I would dig it out. I would make the line, and I would dig it out, and I would give it to my friend, my neighbor, or I would remove it to uh, waste management. The the cost, (laughs) the the, um, compost pile would appreciate it at this point. There's way too much, and my neighbors would definitely not appreciate this plant. (laughs) Excuse me, pardon me. Um, Well, that's, again, a personal preference. (laughs) But for me, fall is the time of year that you have so much opportunity to plant. And not annuals, you know, not summer plants, but perennials or trees or shrubs. And these are all plants that come back from the root and every year the root grows a little bit bigger and the plant on top grows a little bit bigger, Uh, not an annual that will not survive in your zone. And any plants I do talk about this morning will be hardy to zone 5 or zone 6, Cincinnati and Dayton. Um, I am planning events for next year at this point. And so I know that I want to see uh, certain perennials or certain trees and shrubs in bloom at somewhat specific times out in the garden. And so I am now looking, I've been taking photos all summer and I've been looking at the spaces where I want to see this color and I'm making plans 
to do that planting here in the next couple of months. Um, to me, planting in the fall, well, into the nursery trade, it is, it's really an opportune time because when you put a new plant in the ground, it needs X amount of regular watering to establish that plant. And if you're planting in October or November, the chances are um, the rains or the snow are going to start coming, um, you know, coming in, in November, December, and they're doing their watering for you. And then once the ground is frozen, that plant is doing its thing underground and in the spring, voila, and you don't have to be so diligent as to be hauling your hose around and watering every every two or three days. So for someone like me, who means well but is really busy, that is a better time to do the planting. We don't have the heat, we don't have it sizzling away, and nature pretty much assists in getting that plant going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and can I plant? I mean, I often find myself that, you know, oh, it's October, and I mean to get out there and put something in the ground, and then it's the 1st of November. Could I still plant? You can plant as long as you can dig. And what that means is once the ground freezes, you cannot dig. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, maybe I should back up here and look at um, the different kinds of plant material that I will be putting in. In September, I mean, I have an annual schedule, and fall is truly one of my busiest seasons. So the month of September is a fabulous time to plant perennials. And perennials are plants, again, that come back each year from the root. And in, uh, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, (laughs) And in putting those perennials in, I want to give them six or seven or eight weeks of growth before the ground freezes. So they can establish themselves, so their roots can move. And so in my self-made calendar, I feel that stopping perennial planting by the end of September is the safe time because historically the ground freezes here anywhere from the first week of December to the first week of January. So if I can get them in by October 1, I think I have a safe time for them to establish themselves. Okay. Well, um, Mary, we're, we're about to take a short break here. Um, I want to talk about fall containers because not everyone who's listening would have um, a yard or a garden space. So I, I want to move into the kind of the containers that might be appropriate for fall and how we might do that. Will that be okay? Sounds good to me. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be talking more about containers. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning on What Matters. Our guest is Mary Faso, Master Gardener. And Mary, you were talking with us about fall gardening. Um, but what if somebody doesn't have a yard? I mean, you know, I'm really blessed. I have this beautiful yard that I can create all kinds of gardens in. What about somebody that has a porch or a balcony and can't do that? Well, there's all kinds of ways to introduce plant beauty into your world. And container gardening has become a, a huge passion of mine. When you use containers, you can really garden anywhere, anytime, indoors, outdoors, in large spaces or small. And that really, no matter what your budget is or what type of container you use, it is a, it is a garden in itself. It is a portable, movable garden that can fit into and enhance any living situation. For me... They really, it can provide you with color, with fragrance, with texture, with structure, with sustenance. And the bottom line is it can be full of whimsy and joy every time you approach it. I love it. So in that, that said, um, you have to look at your site. You have to remember that when you're gardening, you are dealing with live plants. These are live. They need care. They need sun. Um, and so you have to choose your site and choose your plants. Now, if, if you were gardening on your balcony or on your patio and you're off, uh, that is your little plot of land and you're off working 10 hours a day and you come home, perhaps you want to choose 
um, tomatoes planted in your pot for the summer, little cherry tomatoes, and in another pot, um, some beautiful flowers that fuchsias that will bring in the hummingbirds. So as you munch on your um, <laughs> tomatoes, you can watch the hummingbirds feed on your fuchsias. That. What a wonderful idea. <laughs> <laughs> I I use containers everywhere. I place them um, throughout the yard, throughout uh, any outdoor space that I have, and close to the windows if I would not have any space outside. I like to choose containers that are frost-proof and that will withstand our Ohio um, our Ohio winters and not freeze and crack. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and in those containers, I plant perennials and trees and sometimes shrubs and or a mixture of all. Um, you know, I try to choose plants that complement each other and, and don't compete. And so I have had containers, let's say, that I put hosta in, and that hosta returns year after year after year, getting larger and larger and, and, and pretty spectacular. So, Mary, I have a container. Okay. And that container has now just uh, two plants in it that have made it through my abuse. <laughs> and I'll admit that. <laughs> And so last year I brought it in and it sat through the winter in my kitchen. It was very unhappy. Now, it was probably unhappy, one, because the cats played with it and (laughs) thought it was just fabulous to roll around in and paw at the leaves and bap at them and, you know, with their claws shred some of them. But also I found that I don't know how to bring a plant in where I'm not bringing in the um, wildlife, shall we we say, that resides in the soil. How do I do that? Well, Mary Beth, I might need a tad more info. Is it it an annual plant that you're trying to bring in? No, these are perennials. These are perennials. Well, are these perennials that are not hardy to our area? They absolutely are not. They would would be considered indoor or house house plants. I see. Well, then what I would do is take it out of its current container. I would replant it in a fresh soil. I would cut the leaves back, and not all the leaves, but I would give it a bit of a haircut, and I would bring it in the house, water it regularly, and start fertilizing. You know, when you plant it, give it a little bit of a starter fertilizer so the roots will will move. And then in January, February, I would start using a, um, a regular uh, fertilizer on a regular basis to get the new greenery growing. Excellent. But just bringing it in and setting it there, it's, it's going to suffer. <laughs> it did indeed. <laughs> In fact, when I took it back outside in the spring, I pretty much decided it was done. Now, I didn't have the heart to just put it in the compost pile immediately. 
Um, so, you know, it sat under the, the maple tree in the back and I really thought it, it's over. It's done with. And amazingly, because we've had so much rain this season, it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it kind of said, huh, you can't kill me off that easy. <laughs> well, you know, perennials like to sleep. And that is why you wouldn't fertilize for about three months. They need a little bit of a rest period. Mm-hmm. And and so bringing them in and, and, and handling it that way would be their optimum okay. performance. Well, let's go back to the garden calendar. So um, is there anything else that we need to be thinking about in the fall? Is there preparation or um, anything else that we need to do for our beds before the winter time? Yes. (laughs) There's a lot to do. So so for my garden calendar, uh, again, I am planting perennials for next year's show, and I'm planting them in September. In October and November, Mostly November, I am planting bulbs for next year's show. Tulip bulbs, um, you know, daffodils, crocus, that kind of bulb. And I'm sure that so many of you receive the garden catalogs this fall for bulb purchase. Um, You can plant bulbs as long as you can dig in the earth and and it's not frozen. I have planted as late as January, but I believe that, you know, going with a with a November date is best. You want to plant bulbs when it has begun to cool. You don't want the bulb to start growing in the ground. So in our area, in my zone, that is usually in November. And when choosing the spots for the bulbs, you would want to... As with any plant or any container placement or anything you do, you want to know your site. You want to know what the sun's going to do. I, um, when I get a new client and we walk through the yard, and often I'm there, it's you know seven o'clock at night, and we can't, I can't see exactly where the sun is going to be with the canopy of trees. I mean, I can guess, but I'd like the client to be aware of how the sun works in her own yard or his own yard. And I often ask them to take a picture once an hour of the same site and put a time on it so we can actually, now that, you know, that might seem a little anal, but it's it's very important for you to know how the sun is moving, how you site your plants, if there's going to be an excessive amount of wind, if there's going to be um, protection from, uh, you know, the elements or people putting salt down on the sidewalks. Is that going to splash up into the garden bed? So just give it a little thought. Just what you would if you were... um, choosing your outfit for the day, (laughs) you know, and you're combining your different colors and your, um, oh my. Don't worry. Keep going. (laughs) Okay. So you're watching the, um, you're watching the sun and I find that that's an interesting statement is to, 
take a picture every hour. You know, I put a hosta in a particular area of my uh, garden in my yard, and um, it, it's on the north side of the house. I just assumed that it this was a space that was generally shaded between my house and the house next door. Certainly, this is shaded all the time. And what I've discovered is the precise place where I put this hosta gets a lot of sun. And this poor hosta looks like, you know, it's it's in the Bahamas and it doesn't belong there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's sort of like um, this isn't the best place for me and it looks really puny and it's it's kind of struggling. And I realize that this fall it has to move because it's just not – I never dreamed there was that much sun between the houses for that many hours and there really is. So I love that idea of just take a picture and – every hour to see how much sun it really gets well with a little bit of planning your investment in your plant material will you know will allow the plants to grow and multiply and be shared um it's always for me choosing the right plant for the right site and that just requires just a little bit of of investigation. You know, as I see people wanting to put in perennials or wanting to put in shrubs because their, uh, you know, perennial plant has this incredible bloom period and they wonder, they wonder why it quit blooming well or why the shrub quit blooming. You just need a little bit of investigation. You know, shrubs or trees don't bloom for nine months. Um, <laughs> And most perennials, most perennials give you a show anywhere from two to six weeks of bloom period. So there's more to look at when choosing the plant. Mm-hmm. You want to look at their foliage. You, you, you want to like the shape and the foliage and the color of that plant. And I don't know that I'm, I think I've deviated from your question. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... So you will get optimum performance. That hosta that you're talking about, it's probably going to live there, Mary Beth, it, it, but it won't it'll, be optimum. It'll never be happy. It, it's living, it, you know, it's certainly, it's surviving, but it's not happy. And, and certainly the difference, I have hostas in, an, in a different area um, that are very happy and they're thriving and they've multiplied. And even when, you know, they're in a space that the, the boys of the neighborhood play in, it's between the two houses and it makes for, you know, really great war games through there. And, and, you know, so every spring they're in that side yard and they're digging holes and they're tromping on the, the hostas as they come up. And I have to remind them that those are, you know, those are special plants. We don't jump on those. And, and every year those hostas come up and they're just glorious. I mean, they just meet the day, you know, they're, they're just, they're absolutely thriving. And this one that I planted in another area, it's just not that. It's not happy and it's puny <laughs> and it's not going to thrive in that same way. So location does make a difference. Yes, it does. And and so instead of, you know, dashing to your local nursery and, you know, choosing this or choosing that, take the time to read the tag or speak to the nursery person and see or do a little research. Now we all have um, 
you know, online capability here, do a little research. See what the longest blooming perennial is in your area. See what the longest blooming shrub is and then find out what that particular plant desires for, you know, optimum growth. You know, does it desire full sun? And in my book, full sun is six hours plus a day. Does it desire a morning sun? A morning sun is different than a, you know, than the afternoon sun. It is stronger and hotter. Is the plant drought tolerant? There's, um, or does it require a really wet and, and mushy area to be happy? Uh, and knowing some of those things will help you choose your sites and um, just provide you with with great joy as the year goes on. Okay, Mary, let's, um, we have just about two, two and a half minutes or so till break. So let's move to winter. What do we do in the wintertime with our gardens? Well, after you've planted, um, well, what I do, before I answer that, I just have to quickly say, as you're planting, before you get to winter, I'm, I'm one about continuous color. And so I want to choose perennials or trees or shrubs that are going to give me joy in the winter period. You know, sedum that is going to be orange and red peeking out from the snow, you know, from under the snow, or red twig dogwoods that are going to, you know, shine against uh, against a winter sky. Um, in the winter, the, the end for me is, I apply a fertilizer, an organic fertilizer. I have a favorite brand. Shall I say it? You can. Um, Espoma. An Espoma product. It's an organic fertilizer. Your dogs and cats and kids can eat it, um, and it won't hurt you. And the plants adore it. So I do a an Espoma of all my trees, all my shrubs, all my perennials right around the first week of December. And then I sit back and I look at my catalogs and I look out the window and I, I, as the winter creeps in, I dream of my spring garden. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, right at the end of fall and, and it's usually early November or even for me sometimes late November, you know, I do, I have wildflowers. The, um, a, a wonderful friend of mine just gifted me many years ago with, uh, several varieties of, um, some of them rare or protected plants. And I move them into my garden and sometimes, some years they thrive and some years when it's really dry, they don't. But, that is how this invasive one came about. And the last event for me um, it, that kind of greets the winter is they all get chopped down to one inch. <laughs> well, and I did leave that step out. For me, um, there are it, it is nice to cut the perennials back. It's nice, but I am very spotty when I do it. There are some perennials, the fall grasses, uh, that I like to leave up for the winter because it gives me some winter interest in the snow and the birds love it. They will feed on the seeds throughout the winter. So that gives me, you know, some constant wildlife. Mm -hmm. I think it is, um, it's a personal preference. 
It's whatever you choose. It doesn't matter if you cut them back in the fall or if you cut them back in the spring. But I do recommend cutting them back because you take out all the dead and you leave, you know, cutting them back in the spring and then you leave for the new, clean, beautiful Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I can appreciate that you gather, you have places for your birds to gather. That's not a good thing in my yard with the dozens of cats. So. <laughs> I understand. All right, Mary, we're about to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue with our discussion on the, the garden calendar. You're listening to the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Would you like to discover the hidden obstacles to your success? Mary Beth Lodge is a certified life coach with a proven track record of guiding others to success. Drawing on mind-body techniques and concepts of neuroscience, Mary Beth will design a program specific to your goals, lifestyle, and personality. You'll develop a specific action plan to follow. You'll learn practical and easy strategies to move through your obstacles and reach your goals. You decide the area to focus on. Is it your weight, your health, or your professional goals? Mary Beth Lodge is a life coach, hypnotist, and health consultant. She specializes in working with people who are confused, frustrated, or discouraged by the direction of their life. She works with people who really want to make a difference in this world and are willing to take the actions to achieve their goals. She'll help you get clear on where you want to be and to follow through on the actions that lead to a healthier and more successful life. Visit LastingLifestyleChange.com to request more information or a free consultation. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to What Matters with Mary Beth Lodge. To be a part of our discussion on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to marybethlodge at gmail.com. Now, back to What Matters. Good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. Our guest is Mary Faso. She's a master gardener, and she's helping us plan our garden activities for the fall and the winter. And also, we're discussing containers, um, containers that can either be your garden or can bring your garden inside as we get into the winter months. So, Mary, what would you recommend if if we want to bring a container in or have the garden inside because you know it gets pretty pretty gray in some places in the winter time what would you suggest well i'm glad you asked maribel because container gardening truly is a is a passion and for me um i do for my clients or for myself uh i change out my containers about five times a year and again it's um so for example in the fall right now i am 
I will be removing some of the annuals that are beginning to get a little spindly as, as the weather cools. And I will be switching them out with some fabulous fall color. Um, grasses, I love to use perennial grasses in my containers, and they flow in the wind. And I surround them with pansies. And pansies are a, a cool weather crop. They don't like 85 degrees. They really like it somewhere between 50 and, and 70, which traditionally is, is the weather here. I also use chrysanthemums, and in chrysanthemum world, there are several different varieties, you know, from a spider mum to a little bit of a cap mum um, to a daisy mum. So you have all kinds of choices um, in that arena. I like to use certain plants in there that will bring us through October in well into mid-November. And around mid-November, I will change those containers out. I will remove our fall plantings, and I will plan for a winter color show. Often I use evergreens, and certainly a common uh, a common container plant is a boxwood, and it's very beautiful. It will glisten and do well for you in the sun or the shade um, all winter long. Or I use needly evergreens, and you can change the whole feeling of your yard if perhaps you decide to use a blue spruce mixed with a golden, beautiful, needly pine or a um, dark green juniper that will be trailing out of your pot. And then if you're lucky and you have some sedum angelina in the ground, you can pull that into your pot. And as the season goes, that particular sedum will change color just about every day, giving you constant color throughout the winter and looks very pretty in the snow. And again, once the pot freezes, you no longer have to make sure that it gets watered. So is it, it's okay if it freezes? It's okay that that it's okay if it freezes if it's a if it's a frost resistant pot. Okay. If it is not a frost resistant pot, you can still do it. But it's a it's a fifty fifty chance for survival. And by you're willing to take that chance. By frost resistant, you're saying uh, something that's wood uh, or concrete or that's stone or that is um, pottery. Um, that is hand-pressed, you know, the clay is Mm hand-pressed, taking all the air bubbles out of it so when the water um, expands or freezes, it doesn't cause any cracking. Okay. So it's a bit of an investment. But that's for winter gardening, for having these containers throughout your yard that will give you some kind of structure or color or lightness as, as your winter progresses. And it's also fun then to decorate them for the holidays and, you know, add evergreen, you know, add boughs or lighting or, you know, something along that line, ornaments. 
Um, but it's not always necessary, and it's sort of important to me, for you to choose or invest a lot of money in a container. Just about anything can be a container for you to enjoy throughout the year. I mean, you could plant, uh, and I have done it, I, um, you could get a funnel, like a funnel that they use in a car maintenance place that they put the oil in your tank. Mm -hmm. You could get a funnel. You could hang it on a nail in a whimsical way in your yard and put a put a grass in it, put a blue fescue in it, put a, um, a morning glory in it. And plants will grow just about anywhere. You know, the birds take the seeds and they drop them here and there and then they self-grow. You know, Mother Nature has quite a way of providing us with a lot of beauty. So it's not always necessary to go out and buy a a big expensive pot. I think that's a really good um, reminder that really you can use anything. You can reuse anything um, that essentially holds soil and has enough of a hole for drainage and or can uh, a hole can be put in it for drainage so that you don't drown the plant <laughs> and another you know another idea you get invited to dinner and you bring a hostess gift well most many people bring a bouquet of flowers but what i have found is fun is to uh, visit antique stores or garage sales and i have picked up numerous different teacups and crystal teacups or, you know, painted teacups from England and porcelain cups. And I'll put a couple of tiny little uh, pieces of gravel in the bottom, and I'll put a pansy in there and give that as my hostess gift. What a beautiful idea. It, it is. It's easy. I, I was at a... I was at a function, and a woman had the silver lettuce bowl <laughs> that she put, you know, constantly was was putting lettuce in, and she began to collect those bowls and put plants in them throughout the house. I was asked to decorate for a, a little boy's birthday party, and I went to some garage sales and bought little toys, toy trucks, and I put plants in all the Troy trucks around the yard. <laughs> and it was, it was great fun. <laughs> I can, so no matter what. I, I can just see Tonka trucks with, <laughs> with plants coming out of the, the dump truck beds. I, I love that idea. <laughs> well, just shopping for containers is a fun thing to do in the winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very fun because anything is a container. A, a seashell is a container. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think after this discussion, people will begin to um, look at things with a whole new light. Could I put a plant in that? <laughs> well, think about it. I mean, haven't you seen shoes or work boots that are planted with sedums sure. or hens and chicks? and? Sedum is a great, great, uh, in the sedum arena, there's probably, at least in our area here, about 30 different sedums that are, are low-growing and drought-tolerant, so they don't need a lot of soil at all, and they will give you that constant show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, Mary, we have maybe five minutes left here. And so, you know, kind of what's the, what's the summary for you of gardening and the, just the purpose of doing this? You know, why would we follow this calendar? Why would we, um, want to put this energy in this place? What does it do for us in this world? Well, <laughs> it's everything. It's it, it's not only providing us with oxygen to breathe, air to breathe, uh, but it's providing us with constant beauty and and the memories and the joy that one can experience through gardening. I mean, look back. Did you take walks with your mother? Did she, at, at a very young age, could you hear the morning doves cooing? Do you, did you see those huge, beautiful blue flowers in front of someone's house and wonder what in the world they were? Did you... Um, you know, did you see that tiny little bird with a long beak sticking its little nose, you know, two inches into a flower while it, you know, hovered in the air? Did you wonder what that was? Um, I, my whole life, I have looked and seen beauty around me. And I believe that if you take the time to look, you know, the old adage, take the time to smell the roses, I think you will see it will provide you with a joy and with a serenity and with an understanding of nature that we all should have, especially Mm -hmm. in this day of Mm -hmm. iPads and cell phones and electronics. It is the balance for the soul. It is a, a place that, like meditation, you know, gardening, putting your hands in the earth. You know, one of, one of my um, aunts who was very intuitive and very wise has made a statement once that when I was a child. And for some reason, it really stuck in my mind. She simply said, I believe that if every person just got out every day and put their hands in God's good earth, that we wouldn't need all of the psychiatrists and, and psychologists in the world. Now, I don't want anybody to like, you know, not have a job. And I think there's always <laughs> plenty of um, work for um, uh, for the mental health community. But I also think that there was wisdom in what she said, that when we reconnect into nature, um, in planting a garden, in, in appreciating the beauty and marveling at the at the miracle of you know plants magic plants plants that come up <laughs> plants that come up and there's there's nothing there and then all of a sudden they they appear that you know when we start to reflect on that i think it does uh soothe our souls i couldn't agree with you more um mother nature is is the best teacher she she has a way of placing flowers and trees and water and rocks and hills together that really can excite all our senses. And so for garden inspiration, for um, for color inspiration, look look outside. Walk outside. 
see the different shades of green or the hundred shades of pink. You know, choose choose things that make you smile. And if you're smiling, I think you're having a pretty good day. And you're reverberating that smile throughout the earth. Mary, I want to really thank you for coming on this morning and, and just talking with us about the beauty of, of gardening and, you know, kind of structuring us a little bit to to take advantage of the fall and winter seasons in uh, for our gardens. Uh, again, I'm reminding every one of you who's listening to me today, go to the uh, registration page for the science and art of opening your heart. What we've talked about today is about opening your heart. That telesummit will take you even a step further with many, many different um, perspectives on opening the heart, a truly beneficial way of creating beauty, creating love, creating compassion in this world. This is your challenge. What did you hear today that you can put in place in your own life? Go out there. Make this a great day. You deserve it. Thanks again for joining us for What Matters. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you continue to make a difference next week.